Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire war games. It's not a war game. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's a war game. No, it's not. It's a war game. It's a board game. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode. We're coming up on the end of 2017, and we have a lot of stuff going on. Actually, actually, we're not coming up on the end of 2017. 2016, that's true. (laughs) We're coming up on the beginning of 2017, the end of 2016, and we have a lot of stuff going on. That's right. There is a lot of stuff going on. Just everything, everywhere. I guess that happens when we get to the end of the year. Everyone's like, oh, it's the end of the year. We got to finish up everything. We got to rank the year. We got to get prepped. We got to say, well, stuff isn't coming out this year. Chaos, panic. What are we going <laughs> to do? That sort of thing's going on. Yeah. No, I haven't looked back throughout the year much, but maybe I don't want to. I don't know. But uh, it's been an okay year overall. For me, the most fun thing is to look back over my podcasts, The any – show any game we've covered be like what was my favorite game that we covered this year (laughs) so okay let's do that what was your favorite game so far this year oh man this is gonna be a tough choice yeah there were some interesting games this year i think i'm gonna pick two pick two yeah all right what are your two um episodes 101 and 102 castilian and conflict of heroes two very different games i really enjoyed both of those yep those are two very different games. Mm-hmm. I'm looking back over it. I see even way back at the beginning of the year, we did Suburbia. Yeah. Which is still, I mean, it's an older game, but I continue to play it. I continue to play it a fair amount. Dude, I got it on sale last year and I haven't played it yet. I keep thinking about it. I should try that. I know you just liked it. But I know the one I have the most fond memories of right now is still, we just covered it, which is Wizards Academy, but that may just be because it's the newer thing of my list, and I still am a really big fan of that one. Mm-hmm. I think I gushed about that plenty on the very last podcast. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of really good ones that we've covered this year. We have a lot of really good games. Yeah, a lot of good games, a lot of interesting games, just all around good year. Samurai mm-hmm. Spirit was another fun one. That's that funny. was a surprise. That was a fun surprise. Having it come up on the Barnes and Noble sale was a good surprise. Well, yeah, that, that's what made it possible. Castilian was fun. It, it was. It was. I found it a lot of fun. I know some people didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I like the puzzling out how to build those towers, and I just find it really interesting. And I find the game plays quickly, and I love the tactile aspect of placing those tiles instead of doing cards. I find that the tiles are just a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still waiting for an Altillion game to show up in my store, my friendly local game store. I'm really excited about that, but I haven't seen it. Neither have I, although I've heard some people who are getting it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely like to hear more about that game. I'm concerned about it because I, you know, it's a roll and move game, and I'm aware that he he was trying to get a roll and move game that is good, and I I appreciate the challenge in that, but you know. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting challenge to be taking on yourself. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes. But I did get a copy of Manhattan Project, Energy Empire, and Feast for Odin. In. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes, I did. Have you tried them? I have tried both of them. I very much enjoy both of them. I think that I I need more plays of both of them to really get more of them. They both just came in Friday. If you're not familiar, Manhattan Project... I'm sorry. Um... um 
if you're not familiar, Feast for Odin is a tall box, and it comes with four inches of cardboard to punch out. And it came in very shortly before Shabbos started. And if you're not familiar with the Jewish holiday of Shabbos, um, every Friday at about sundown, we have to stop doing creative activity. That would include punching out a game. And this game comes in just before Shabbos. I'm like, I've got, I really want to play this today. I've got it punched out right now. It's not like quickly punching everything out, just making a giant mess. I'm like, as long as it's punched out, I'm good. <laughs> That's all I'm looking Clean for. Clean up later. Exactly. That's funny. Well, okay. I didn't know even punching out stuff doesn't count. That's, isn't that allowed? That's interesting. I, um, I played Conquest of Paradise. I've enjoyed that. That's a GMT game. Maybe I played that last time. No, not the last time we talked. And I've played, um, I've been playing the Bloody Inn, mm-hmm. getting that to the table again. And that's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I thought that the, I played a game and I said, oh, I scored really great. 120 something. I looked at the score sheet. And it was actually at the very low end of a winning game. Mm-hmm. So now, now I've got a challenge to do better. I've unfortunately also had a couple bad games that came oh. in that I think I'm going to talk about at one point in time. Um, I'm concerned that they may be broken. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm concerned about them being broken and not really working. And I'll probably talk about them at one point in time, or should I talk about one today? Go ahead and mention if you want. Is it broken um, for solitaire or in general, you think? I think they're both broken in general. Mm, okay. Uh, I'll talk about one today. Why don't I? Uh, we'll talk about Ascended, Become Chosen. This is actually a game that both of these were sent to me. And Ascended, Become Chosen is a first game by a new publisher who he didn't do it on Kickstarter. He tried to publish it himself. And when I had initially been looking at the game and was expressing some interest in the game, it looked like it was going to be sort of like a Mage Knight light. You have hex tiles that build up the shape of your board, and each tile has different like combat bonuses and energy bonuses, and you'll move around the board rolling dice for random exploration to figure out what the next terrain is, and you'll be drawing these mutations, which are your... Uh, superpowers essentially they give you permanent powers and at some points in time you'll be able to draw artifacts which are one-time powers that you can use and both of those are just cards and you'll be balancing your control to spend that on your mutation cards and your energy which you'll be spending on your um, artifact cards and you're going around trying to defeat villains or defeat the other players, score points for villains and artifacts, and end the game by, it depends on which scenario you're playing on, but either by getting enough points in artifacts, enough points in villain cards, or by getting enough points in defeating the other players and killing the other players. It's a very good showing from a first-time developer. And I really appreciate that this is a first-time game designer who's gone ahead and made this game. They've not made any other games, and they took you know, a courageous route in doing what it is that they did. But the game is really not for me. When you're playing through the game, in order to defeat another player, or in order to defeat a, a nemesis, a villain, you have a dice roll off. 
and you have to build up your dice pool for how many dice you have, and then the other player also builds up their dice pool for how many dice they get. There's some component issues and some graphical design issues that could make it clearer that, you know, you don't necessarily, the cards are not intuitive about how many dice a card gives you or how much HP the other person has you. So there's a lot of card design and graphical interface issues, but those are more minor, I think, just those graphical design issues. And if those were the only issues, I would say it's not that bad. But when you build it up the dice pool, you just roll it. There's even over the course of the game, even with any powers that you have, there's not enough control for those dice games. If you roll all sixes, you're doing great. If you roll all ones, you're doing horrible. And you don't really have enough control over that, which means that it's entirely luck based. It's out of my control. I don't play the game. The game just plays. I can do everything I want to try and build up my dice pool. But in the end, it just comes down to how well I roll. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means that there's it's not a it's not a strategy game. It's just a dice rolling game. How lucky are you when you roll the dice? And you can be really lucky. Or you can be really not lucky. Yeah. So and I mean, there's other graphical design errors, but that's that's one of the biggest issues is that I simply do not have enough control of my fate to be able to play the game. And the second issue, this is a player elimination game. If you play multiplayer games, you probably know player elimination games are really difficult, especially when the game takes a long time to finish out. Mm-hmm. We played one game of this multiplayer, and one guy got eliminated. Now, I understand that player elimination is needed for a game like this because you don't want a person overextending themselves and completely forfeiting any risk of losing the game. Fine. But player elimination should do something to fix it, and there needs to be some sort of redesign so the player is not eliminated and has to still sit there or walks away from the table before the game is done. Neither one of those are very good experiences. So, you know, the game was just not for me. Between all of the graphical design issues and some of the rules issues, but when you come into it and it's player elimination, which makes it no fun solo, or which makes it no fun multiplayer, and the fact that it's just rolling dice and hoping you get lucky, it's just not for me. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it's Ascended Become Chosen. The art on it is nice the rules on it are nice the rules on it are pretty clearly explained i think it's a really good showing for a first time to designer i think it really builds up a good portfolio for where they're coming you know i'm hoping that they'll be able to rework for their next game and give us a really good project out of the gate it gives me at least some manner of trust with them i've seen plenty of people who their first designs are not playable the game is playable um it's just really not for me and i think there's some faults in it mm-hmm <laughs> Okay, interesting. And what was the game called again? Ascended, Become Chosen, and the only way to get it is from their website. Okay. Because they didn't do it through Kickstarter or any standard funding method. They just printed a whole bunch of copies. And it's not on BGG either, that I could see. It is on BGG. Let me pull that up for you. It's called Ascended, A-S-C-E-N-D-E-D. Okay. And we'll definitely put a link for it in the show notes. And I'll go ahead and grab a link for you to see, Albert. Well, the pictures look interesting. Like I said, a lot of the art and the design and the ideas of what they're doing is very good. I mean, I think for the art, they took public works that have no copyright on them in order to use that for some of the art mm-hmm. for like the villains and the allies. But, you know, the graphic design on it is very nice. The idea for where they're going on it is very nice. 
Um, I think that they could have used more turn trackers. They could have used more dice in the box. They could have used a couple better graphic design elements to make things more clear about how stuff interacts with other stuff. So, but the general idea is really nice. The components are really nice. I just think that there's two flaws in the game for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it does come with a solitaire. I mean, they included a single-player rules set, which are available online in just one printout. So. I see. Okay. So the the game in the box is is two or more players. It's just the you download the solitaire rules that yes. they have built themselves. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, have you been playing any games yourself? Um, I mentioned a couple: the Bloody Inn and Conquest of Paradise. That's it. The I played a couple games of Conquest of Paradise. I like it. That's a GMT game. It's. It's not really a war game. It's more a game about exploration. I guess it's a 3X style game, kind of. Um, and you play... It supports up to four players. If you play solitaire, you're playing against an AI. And I like how that AI works. It's, it's abstracted, so that the AI doesn't do much stuff other than expand its empire and take up spaces. Um, it was pretty neat. I really enjoyed it. The I want to play it some more. The other game I've been playing, I said, is the Bloody Inn. Have you played... Um, excuse me. <coughs> Have you played that? I have not. Okay, it's a neat game. It's um, you are an innkeeper, and I think it's sort of set like in France in the eighteen hundreds or so, and you make a little bit of supplementary income by killing some of your guests occasionally. Wonderful! You sound like an <laughs> excellent person. Is this yes. a boxed game? Yes, it is a boxed game. It came out, I think, about a year ago. And it's a solitaire game. It's it has a solitaire rules in it, but it's for two to four players normally. And uh, you're, you're each innkeepers, and the, the way it works is each round you put a guest out in the hotel in the different rooms, and you could do you have a couple actions. You could take a guest into your hand. Um, if you have a guest in your hand already, you can make them, I forget what it's called, uh, an annex, which is basically, I don't know, like a building or, or something that helps you. And when you do that, they give you some special abilities. You could kill a guest, or you could bury a, best, a guest in an annex. Um, Doing these things costs you cards. The cards in your hands are actually what you spend to do these things. So you're taking cards into your hand and sometimes spending them to, to get other cards or or building them or, or doing different things. And it's interesting. It's a fun game. And uh, all the different cards have different abilities. There's four different suits. Some of the guests actually lower the cost of cards or, or you, you don't when you spend them as a resource to buy another card, you don't have to discard the card you just spent and you get to keep it. And it becomes a very much of an engine building game. The art is very interesting. It's it's creepy and gosh, I don't know how to describe it. It's colorful and dark, sort of like watercolors, and it's just a neat game. You know, and it's kind of tongue in cheek, so you, you don't feel too grim as you're killing these guests. <laughs> <laughs> that but sounds yeah, like an fun. interesting. That sounds like an interesting theme. I could definitely think of a couple of yeah. people who really enjoy that type of theme <laughs> for a game. Yeah, you know, I've played it solo and I've played a three-player game and it works well. And everybody's enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Dark humor. And the book has a sense of humor. The rule book, it says something about um, you, you don't, you know, when you kill a guest, you don't collect the money right away. You only collect it after you bury the person. It's because you have principles, basically. You know, it would be wrong to collect their money right away. <laughs> Very dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. So that's an I, I imagine I, that as a role it. player, you also would really like playing through that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
And uh, it's a quick game. I think it probably has maybe 15 minutes of solo game. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big box game yeah. or small box game? It's a small box. Um, what can I compare it to? Sort of like the size of Nations, probably, but hmm. thinner. Okay. Yep. Nice. Neat. That, that's about it. That's all I've had time to play lately. Neat. All right, we're taking over Chris's territory here. I'm stepping <laughs> into the print and play podcast patrol territory. Uh, we haven't heard from Chris in a while, and I actually got my hands on a print and play uh, game that I wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about because I thought it was actually really good. This one is called Haze Islands. Haze, as in a fog cloud, H A Z E, Haze Islands. Uh, which is a pirate-themed game for one to three players. It is designed at one to three players, which is not a player count you often see. Normal player counts is like two to four, one to four. This is one to three. It does not play four players. The idea of the game is that you are one of three bands of pirates, or one of however many bands of pirates. Uh, you are a band of pirate, and your goal is to, by the end of the game, have the most experienced legacy to your game, which is represented by icons that you're going to be collecting over the course of the game. Throughout your adventures, there is a doom ship going to be chasing you around and trying to deal damage to you. If you can defeat the doom ship and get a bunch of points, you will in solitaire win the game. And in competitive, you just want to make sure you have the most points by the end of the game and defeating the doom ship gets you a lot of points. So, go to the game, get a lot of points, and defeat the Doom. (laughs) What is really interesting about this game is the discard pile mechanic. The when let's let's talk about this in three players because it's easiest to explain, I think, with three players. The first player is going to get a whole deck of map cards. They're then going to deal a map card to each other player, which will form their deck. Um Whenever you take a turn, almost all of your actions are going to require you to discard cards, and discard always means discard from your deck. When you discard cards, you put it on top of the next player's deck, so your cards will continue to go around. And the other players may end up with a very small deck, which will really restrict the number of things that they can do if they don't have a big enough deck. So you can start playing games and holding back your cards so that you can force them to do something, or not do that, or suddenly rush through it, and seeing how that interaction, it's a really neat gimmick, moving those cards around the board. Those map cards, in addition to funding things, are multi-use cards, essentially, because a map card can be used to raid, which picks you up spells or goods or crewmen. Each, Each map card has an icon for a different type of thing that you can use to complete adventures. And so when you raid, you'll be able to pick those all up. The map cards can also be locations. When you're scouting out locations, you'll put them down on the board with another card from the adventure deck. And when you put those two together, both of those cards are your standard sized poker card. But when you put them together, they'll form into a square spot, a square uh, space in order for your ships to go with 
island on the bottom half and an adventure on the top half. And so that now forms a space when you scout. So it's another use for those map cards, which shows still an icon there, but also now how much you can raid when you're in that space. When you're at these different spaces, you can raid from there, which is you draw a bunch of cards off of your map deck to try and pick up more icons, or you can deploy one of your pirates. Each player starts with three pirates, and if you leave them on an island, you can later pull them back off the island to get the icon from that island and use it to complete adventures. Each of the adventures has between one or two icons necessary. If it's two icon adventure, it'll also give you a special bonus if you complete it. Whenever you go to a spot with an uncompleted adventure, you can spend icons either by pulling back pirates or by discarding cards out of your hand. In this case, this is the only time you're going to be discarding cards out of your hand to complete adventures. When you complete adventure, it goes over to to your tableau and now will count as points towards the end of the game. In addition, there's going to be the Doom Ship that's going to be running around. The Doom Ship is just a die, and the die is used to track how powerful the Doom Ship is over time, because each round the Doom Ship is going to level up, and it's going to go farther and potentially cause more damage to your ships. The The Doom Ship is the bad guy. It's you're you're trying to build up enough card enough icons to defeat it. It has another small deck of cards, which look kind of similar to adventure cards in that there are a bunch of icons that you have to build but instead of for an adventure it's one or two icons the doom ship requires three or four icons in order to feed so if you can build up enough stored icons between your pirates and your hand of cards to defeat the doom then you can go over to the doom deal that damage to it and then you'll get one of those cards which is worth a bunch of points in your tableau if you can deal all six six damage sets to the doom cards you'll be able to completely defeat the doom and you will be set up to win the game in solitaire or you'll be set up for a lot of points in multiplayer that is really the basics of the game. Sorry, if you're printing off the game, the game comes with six Doom cards, 18 adventure cards, and 27 map cards. And it comes with the rulebook. And you'll also need a ship token per player, three pirate tokens per player, and a six-sided die. And that's all you need. It was really easy to print. It did require a fair amount of ink in order to print it off. The All of the cards are full color and full art. So... This is the kind of one that I would take over to, you know, my local staples or something like that to print off because I don't have enough ink for it. I don't think that there is a printer-friendly version for it, but the art for it looks really nice. I was really impressed with the quality of the design for it. The only minor quibble I would have with the design is that when you have the two icon adventures, unless you reference the rule book, it, you don't know what that two icon adventures bonus ability is but I almost never was going for it for the bonus ability. That was just a happenstance bonus because I had the icons to spend it. Um, Running around the board trying to complete that when often you have a very limited resource amount, really interesting, really unique gameplay. I like the mechanic that they did, and it's implemented really nicely here having that interplay where cards that I hand off the other player build up on their deck 
another thing I totally forgot. There's another thing that the cards do just for the multi-use. When you want to attack someone, either the Doom or another player, because you can attack another player as well, you'll flip over a card and you'll hide a corner while you're flipping it over. If you hide a skull, then it's successful. So each of the cards is also essentially acting as a D4, as a four-sided mm-hmm. die for determining success. Another interesting multi-use of the cards. They packed in a fair amount of information to each of the cards. So I like the running around the board, building up your icons. Um, it I, I did mess up some of the rules the first time because... You want to, at one point in time, try to recycle cards from your hand to build up icons that you can have. Even if you have your hand limit of cards, which is only three, you can still raid and try and get the icons that you're looking for. Even though, once you have a pirate deployed, there's no way of taking back that pirate other than actually completing an adventure with that pirate. So, I had missed up that rule. That is an important rule not to mess up, because... A lot of the times, every round, after everyone has finished out all of their deck of cards and it's all over in the last discard pile, which is after everyone played, it just goes and sits there, then the round will end. And all of the adventures will shift. All of the icons will shift, and the whole board will essentially get messed up. So if you're planning for something and you cannot do it this round you cannot do it. You are going to be stuck. That was the only thing that I, that was the only, actually there was one of two only things that I had a problem with is that if you're trying to plan and it's the end of the round, you cannot plan. There is nothing you can do. The only thing you can plan for are the doom cards because doom cards are completely stagnant. They do not change every round, which means that if you're not able to plan for an adventure, you can plan for the doom, but the Doom is hard, and it may be that you're planning this for naught, and you will not be able to complete a Doom card. In which case, your planning is also stuck, and you'll never be able to succeed on getting a Doom. There have been a couple games that I've done where every time I scouted, I did not get any spell icons to come out. I could not find any spell icons. So for the whole game, I was never actually able to deal any damage to the Doom which was frustrating because there's no way of changing what it is that the doom requires. There's nothing that lets you shift around the doom deck. I was kind of hoping that like maybe every two rounds, every round, if something didn't do that another second doom card would come out, but there has to be something that doesn't refresh every round. There has to be something that does refresh every round. So it's an interesting pickle to be in, but I really liked this one. This was a lot of fun having that, that, balance between having my cards being discarded to the other player so I can mess with them by what cards I'm handing to them and what cards I'm discarding. I can hold cards in my hand, for example, after doing a raid, just to deny them to them. And then when I know that they're going to have to discard a card to do something, that's the point in time in which I'll discard a card to the top of their deck so that I know that that's the card that they're going to be discarding. A lot of interesting gameplay comes out of this new, new to me at least, idea of I'm discarding from my deck to your deck, and then you get to use the cards that I discarded. Interesting, neat gameplay. Interesting method of having all come together. Just a pure card game. Just about. It's a card game on the board. With There's no board. It's just the cards moving around with a couple pieces for it. So 
pretty easy to build. Not very many cards required, less less than 70 cards, I think, required okay. in order to build the whole thing together. Um, he's trying to get it named for the Golden Geek at this point in time. You know, I haven't played very many games, print-and-play uh, nominations for Golden Geek for that, but this is a really good one, in my opinion. I w- would be very interested in seeing this actually make it to a Kickstarter and make it for wider release and wider production, because I thought that was a really good one. Hmm, How long does the game last? Uh, the game is 20 minutes per player, and I found that to be pretty accurate. Once everyone understands how it works with me moving on to the other player... Uh, it doesn't take very long. Now, then, some players might get frustrated about the idea that I don't have no cards in my deck because there's nothing I can do until someone deigns to give me cards because I don't start with any cards in my deck. But, you know, you just have to sort of have patience. You can always just pass and wait until your deck gets a little bit bigger. It's going to at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, then, there was one jerk we were playing with who said, you know what? There's nothing forcing me to give you cards. I can sit on all of the cards and we can completely stall out the game. We can break the game and have it not finish. (laughs) That sounds fun. I can just keep passing and never take a turn. And there's nothing stopping me from doing that. Which Why would you do that? Why would he, why would he do that? Yeah. I mean, because the rules let him and because he's just being a jerk. Okay. Flaw in the game, I guess. I don't know if it's a flaw but in the game. I mean, really. I don't really know. <laughs> it's the, a flaw a flaw in the in the friends you pick. That's what it is. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing you you have to give players the ability to pass so that they can wait for their deck to get bigger. You have to have that in there, and it slows mm-hmm. you down. It makes other people it makes other people get potentially get ahead on you and score adventures that you might have been aiming for. So it has to be in there that you have to be able to pass. But yes, this person essentially went, there's nothing in the rules stopping me from doing this. So ha ha ha, I'm going to do it. And I just bopped him on the head. I'm like, you get your move going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's funny. Ha ha, okay, let's move on. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's pretty art, pretty design. Takes a ton of ink to print off, but, you know, printed off really nicely when I did it. And it looks really pretty. Cool, okay. That sounds like a fun game. Mm-hmm. And it is really unique. I like I like the idea of like these uh, passing the cards off. I also like the using the card as a D four. Yes, that's interesting. I mean, a lot of the things that he's done are designed to keep cards moving around the board. So just about every action you take requires you, in addition to whatever you're doing, to discard some cards to the next player's deck, and that keeps cards moving and that keeps cards fresh. And having to discard a card and act as a D4 is nice. Now, there are actually some cursed cards that'll end up in the deck after the first round that have skulls on every side. Mm. So if you know a player's about... It's funny, um, because I've done this a couple times. I've done a raid only so that I can try and dig for a cursed card. Was successful in getting a cursed card and stacked the next player's discard as I did it, which you're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. so that the top was a cursed card. And then since I knew they were about to attack, I made sure that the cursed card was on top for no reason other than just wasting a turn, one of their turns. That's really all it does, because <laughs> they can do another attack in a second. It doesn't right. cost you any resources if you fail other than a turn, but ha 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 ha, I did it anyway. That's funny. That's neat. It sounds like a fun game. Yeah. Very interactive. 
very interactive. A lot of interplay between the players and rushing for adventures, um, trying to build up the icons that you need and recycle through cards. And yeah, a lot of fun. I really would like to see this one get pushed into a Kickstarter or something like that because I think that there's there's some things that can be done to make this even nicer. I would love to see this be done with tiles instead of cards. I think that having it be tiles on the board would make it a bit easier to hold down and not shift. I would like to see some actual meeples for the pirate tokens and something for the Doom track. I think there's some things that can be done really nice for this if this were to hit to Kickstarter, and I thought it was definitely a good enough game that it warrants one. Okay. Neat. And he's got a few other solitaire games, it looks like. At least one other one. The Architect. He's one. So, this is an interesting designer. Check mm-hmm. him out. So, I certainly highly recommend getting your hands on this one. Give it a shot if you're into print and play. Um, again, it's called Haze Island. Only a couple cards and a couple tokens. And see if you like it. Excellent. Alrighty, anyway, shall we go on to our game? Sure. Let's talk about war games. It's not a war game. <laughs> it's a war game. It's a world it's a World War One war game. Uh, Albert. Albert, it pains me. Pains me to hear you say these things. You you're in a war, you're fighting. It's a war game. You're soldiers. Soldiering. Oh, Albert. Mm-hmm. But we should we should talk about this game. So today's game is The Grizzled. Right? It came out, what, last year? Yeah, last year by uh, Come On. Come On? Yeah, Come On. And okay. designed by Fabian Riffaud and for, Juan Rodriguez. For, for anyone who wants a bit more clarification, that is Simon or Cool Mini or Not. This being the or not portion of Cool Mini or Not. <laughs> Yeah, no minis here. It's a mini. It's a mini-sized box, so I guess you could say that's mini, but that's that's a stretch. Right, so so this is a game. It's set in World War One, and um, you play as a group of soldiers. Um, and the 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 story is you're friends from a village, and you have all joined the the French army together, and your goal is to survive and all come back alive back home after the war. So. Basically, to win the game, everybody has to survive through the end. That, that's all it takes. Um, survive through the hard. war. Can't right? Can't be that hard. It's a card game. How hard can it be? It, it will spoiler here. It's a very hard game. <laughs> um, it is notoriously hard. Right. So this is a co-op game. Um, it's actually designed, I think, for, for is it for two or more? Three or yeah, for two to five players. Um, you could play it so out of the box. It's not intended to because there's some hidden information. They're supposed to keep secret from each other. But How can I, you play it solo out of the box? Really? You played it solo out of the box? Using, yeah, I played three characters. And I just managed three characters. For me, when you're playing... Well, I guess we can get into this later. But the whole point of the game is the secret information. Like, if yeah. you're playing multiplayer and you're telling everyone exactly what you have in your hand, is there any game left? It's still pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There, there is less of a game, but it's still really hard, and there's still mystery because you never know what you're going to draw. So it becomes more trying to find an optimal move kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, we're jumping ahead, right? 
So so this game, you're playing in rounds. Your your goal each round is to survive the mission. Um, the missions are very abstract. All you have to do to survive the mission is is keep playing cards until you say, I'm going to stop playing and retreat. Once everybody has retreated from the mission, the mission is over. Um, and so as I said, you, you're playing cards from your hand. The... Um, the cards are called trial cards. They're they basically have one of or two or more of, the, of six different symbols. There's a a knight card, a snow card, a rain card. Then there's um, a bullet, uh, a whistle which represents bombs, like the, the whistle sound the bomb makes when it falls. And what's the other one? I don't remember now. A gas mask. Um. So the cards either have a picture, you know, of the background, like, like mentioned, the rain, the, the rain, snow, night, or it could just be a, a normal daylight scene. And the cards are really simplistic in their design. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mostly just that scene with an icon of some sort of thing on it. Yep. And that's all there is to it. There's no real text on it. Some cards have text. They're, um, what are they called? Trait cards, is it, maybe? And, and they have text, and it's generally bad or hard knocks, stuff that could happen to you, and so it describes what's going to happen. Um, the hard knocks could be something like, you can't retreat if you have two or more cards in your hand. Um, normally when you're playing, you may want to retreat even though you still have cards and stop playing cards because, and, and we'll get into that next, if you play a card, it might end the round. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about that. The mission succeeds once everybody has decided to retreat. The mission is a failure if at any time a card is played from the hands to the table and you now have three cards with the same symbol. So three knight cards, or three gas mask cards, or any of those six different symbols. Um, as soon as three of them are out, the mission has failed. If everybody retreated before that happened, the mission was a success. Now, so you could, in theory, play each round and just immediately retreat and never play any cards. And your missions would always be a success. However, that would not win the game. Um, there's a few different ways to lose the way, the game, um, and one of them is if the the uh, what is it called? There's a a morale deck if whatever runs out of cards, and that will happen if you're using that weird strategy. Um, so the game also brings six characters. The characters are just cards, and each of the six characters um, has an ability to to discard a card that you've played. With one of those six symbols. So one of the characters can discard the knight, another the snow, another the whistle, so on. And I mentioned the hard dogs. And so that's basically all the cards. As I said, you're going to play that round. Each, if you're playing multiplayer, if you're playing multi-handed solo, you, each character will take a turn playing a card or retreating or using a special ability. Those are the three things you could do. Um, you keep going around until either all the characters have passed, at which point the mission succeeds, or the mission fails. If the mission succeeds, then, actually even if it fails, afterwards there's a period where you could uh, you could basically rest and recuperate. One of the characters is going to get to recuperate either flip... Um, when you use a character's ability, you flip the card over and it is now his ability is spent. Resting, you can flip it back to the first side, or or as you're playing those the those hard knock cards that get played on a character, you could uh, discard some of those. 
Those hard knock cards can be pretty bad. Um, the way the rest scene works, I don't know if I want to get into it or not. Basically, you're gonna pick a character, and that character is gonna rest and get to heal. And a successful mission, you heal more than in a failed mission. Right? The round ends, and then what happens is the everybody counts how many cards they have in their hand, and the more cards you have in your hand, you're gonna add cards from the morale deck to the trial deck. There, there's two decks in the game. Um, if that morale deck ever runs out of cards you're gonna lose the game. So hopefully you're completing each mission and discarding all your cards so that your trial deck does not grow very fast. To win the game you have to make it through the entire trial deck. The trial deck has to be empty. And then you have made it through the war and everybody survived and you get to go home back as, as friends again. And uh, support tokens. Right, so the, the multiplayer game has something called support token. I'm not going to get into that a lot. Those are the, the hidden information that Judas was talking about. At the end of the round, each person is going to play one, and it basically points to another character, and uh, whichever character has the most is the one that gets to rest. The problem with this is... It, mm -hmm. I don't think, but, by the way, that's the only hidden information I was talking about, but you can continue. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. There is more, like the cards. <laughs> um, support tokens... Right. So okay, so that was basically the multiplayer game. You're gonna go each person or character is gonna take turns playing a card from their hand, um, trying to get rid of all those cards that you have, and avoiding getting three cards with the same symbol. Now chances are if you've got three characters, there's only six symbols, and each person has I think three cards in the hand, you're you're pretty much gonna end up having cards you're gonna have three or more of the same symbol out pretty quickly. Especially because each card has at least two symbols. Um, there's also a barbed wire. Some of the cards have a barbed wire at the picture at the bottom. If you play a card with barbed wire, what that means is you draw the top card from the trial deck and play that also, sight unseen. So it may be that you know you've got two snow owl and you're playing a card that has barbed wire and a bomb and knight. And you're thinking, oh, I've only got two snow. I'm fine. Nobody's got a snow in the hand. And you draw the card and sure enough, it's snow and the mission just failed. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that happens. Very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're playing solo, you you play multi-handed, as I said. You'd, I've done it with three characters. You could probably do it with two, but I haven't tried that. I think the rules for two, each person might control more than one character. I don't remember. I don't know. And that may be why I picked three. Also, when I play multi-handed games solitaire, I, I tend to go with three characters all the time. I think there so may be special rules for two players. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not certain myself because I usually play this game with more players. I think having that sort of part of the game is really about the restriction on what information you can share with other players. So it may be that another player knows, do not do this or we will die. But you can't clearly say that. And you sort of all have to roll with the punches and, and take your hits based on what other players are doing based on just what they can see. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's more fun at the higher player counts for me. Okay. Now, when uh, in the rule books they say as you play the cards, you sort of describe the event that's happening, right? Like, uh, if you play a night card, you, you you may describe that the you, you're you're going to attacking the enemy at night, and you can see the lights flashing and whatnot. And they sort of want you to role play it a little bit. Um, do you do that when you play? No. No. Okay. 
And I wonder if, if you do do that, can you give a little bit of information that way or something? Like, oh, I'm worried there's going to be a lot more nights coming up or something. I mean, you're certainly not supposed to. Okay. You're certainly not supposed to give that sort of information. It's a the game is is tied to the restricted information. It's supposed to be that you're not sharing that information. So abusing a different rule in order to get around that <laughs> is definitely not the sort of thing I would do. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So so we described the basic game. That's that's the game you get out of the box. Um, it can be played solo. You, you're losing some of the game as Julius mentions because you're losing all that hidden information. So they came out with an expansion, and it's a, a three-module expansion, actually. It's got three different parts to it. One of them supports solitaire game. The other two do not. As a matter of fact, you cannot use the other two in the solitaire game, according to the rules. Um, I haven't even looked at them, to be honest, because of that. What this is, um, you know, in, in a way, I was a little bit disappointed, because all you get is three or four tiles and those little rules. It's not very much in terms of solitaire play. Um but you know, so be it. It's st- you know still not bad. It's, it's a lot of fun. So the way this works, you now control three of the characters in the game. You're playing by yourself, but instead of each character having their own hand of cards, you're gonna play with a single shared hand of cards. And you're gonna draw up. Uh, I believe it's three cards into your hand. And each round, you're gonna go play. You're gonna play a card for one character. Go on to the next. Play a card for the, for that character. Go on to the next. Play a card. But after you play a card for the character, you then have to decide, do I want to draw another card into my hand, keeping in mind that you need to go through the deck, or, or you're not going to win the game, or do I want to stop drawing cards? Um, if you choose to stop to, to not draw a card, you will not draw any more cards during this round, during this mission. If you do choose to draw a card, then that opens the opportunity to draw another card again next next uh, next character. So it's sort of a, a push-your-luck kind of thing, where you you're trying to decide, can I take more cards to my hand? Is it worth the risk or not? Um, part of the reason it's a risk is because at the end of the mission, again, like in the multiplayer game, the more cards you have in your hand, the more you're going to add from the morale deck into the trial deck. So, so you want to run out as much of cards as much as possible. Um, you're going to play the same way. You're going to keep playing cards until everybody's retreated or the mission has failed. All that works the same. What's different now is instead of having the, um, what are those tokens called again? I really forgot. I don't know. The support tokens. Um, the, in the normal multiplayer game, each character, each person has three support tokens pointing to the left or the right. Here, instead, um, you're going to draw one of the four support tokens randomly, and one of them is blank, and the other three either reference the left character, the center character, the right character. That's the one that's going to get to heal. So you basically don't know which one's going to heal. Um, when I played the base game Solitaire, I pretty much knew which one's going to heal because I would play the tokens um, to my advantage every time. So, so the point to the right person. So so that's the big difference. The, the way the support works and the way you draw and manage your hand. It is It is a very hard game. I think no matter how you choose to play, it's very hard. And it's just—it's a neat game. It's—it's it's a light game. It plays quickly. You could play two or three games in a, in an hour probably. And uh, and yeah, there you go. That's the grizzle. The whole idea of of the secret information here is because you're drawing off the deck, 
that's essentially replaced all the other players. Yes. So you don't know what cards... In the multiplayer game, you don't know what cards the other people have. In the solitaire game, you don't know what cards are coming up. Are there any other... And this is including the expansion? This is in the expansion, yeah. That's the rules. So there's nothing else new... I mean, you could play with those rules without needing the expansion, correct? You would need the four support tokens. But you could fake that with the die. Just roll a die. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, when I play... I'll put the four tokens sitting there face up, and then I'll roll D4. <laughs> uh, which, now, whichever one you pick, you pull out, and that one is unavailable until you've gone through all four of them. And then you reshuffle them. So you don't really need the expansion for that? Not really. You don't need it. And that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a little bit disappointing because, it, you know, it's uh, it's not a lot of money. It's probably like 20 25 bucks. But for what you're getting out of the solitaire game, it's a lot of money. Now, if you if you also play multiplayer... It does have the other two modules, um, and that adds more stuff. I don't know exactly what it adds. It definitely adds more. I've heard it makes the game easier. If you find the game really, really hard, I've heard it's a lot easier with the expansion. Um, to the point where, where you could actually win. I was talking to a friend who who helped at the... Come on uh, has a convention, I guess, every you year. You calling it Come On, by the way. I don't you think know, anybody else calls it that. I'm okay with that. You know, it's C apostrophe M O N. To me, that looks like, come on. Okay. Anyway, come on. <laughs> Which I think is a great name. I don't know why they don't use that, really. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, he was helping demo games and he demoed and he's saying, yeah, you know, we played a bunch of games, didn't win a single one without the expansion. We actually won a couple times with the expansion. So, so if you're finding it frustrating, you may just want to get the expansion. To, to reduce the frustration of it. If you want to play solo, I would say, you know, if you're going to play with friends anyway, yeah, definitely get it. If you're going to play solo, mm, I don't know. Buy a D4 instead. <laughs> and fudge yourself. Because, you know, that really is all it uses. Now, that being said, I, I, it's, it's a fantastic game. And I, I love it. The artwork is fantastic. And it's just... The production quality is really, really great. It's just really nicely done. I think it's a really cool game. So I would just say get it because of that anyway. But not, I mean, are you recommending the expansion or not? Or just the game itself? Definitely the game. And if you enjoyed it, get the expansion, I'd say. Um, Keeping in mind it's expensive and knowing what you're getting already. Uh, Do you really feel like it adds something to it? Yeah. Playing solo that way? Yeah, I think it's it's fun. It does make it more fun. I think it's viable without the expansion. I think adding that expansion makes it more fun. Okay. But, you know, again, you could also just get a D4 and, and do it yourself because I've now told you how to play Solitaire. Yeah. I mean, I'm right. sure the rules are probably available online, too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. It's not a secret I just gave away. This is not the recipe for Coca-Cola or something. Huh. You know, and it's worth mentioning the art is by a, an artist, Tignus. Was his pen name, I guess, which he passed away. He was uh, killed in the Charlie Hebdo massacre in, in Paris a few years ago. Okay. Right, and Charlie Hebdo was that magazine that uh, was a cartoon magazine, French cartoon magazine. Okay. And uh, it, it's interesting seeing that all the art is by him, and I don't know that he made it for a game, so I, I wonder if they took it from a comic strip or whatnot, but there's different scenes of the same guys and all that. And it's so neat in the, in the game. There's the pictures of the guy sitting there in a trench, obviously, and their, their faces are all 
they got, you know, sh uh, stubble on their faces and beards growing all that. And then I think it's at the end of the rule book or, or something like that or inside the box. Here's a picture of the same, the same six guys after the war, now clean shaven and back together and happy. So it's kind of neat to see the, the before and after pictures of that. <laughs> this is a neat effect. And I mean, there's so much detail in the artwork in, in the box. The inside of the box has art all over it. The, the, uh, to win the game, you have to make it through that trial deck. The, at the bottom of the trial deck is a peace card that has a white dove. So once you get to the white dove of peace, you've won the game. Like, you survived the whole war. The, the bottom of the morale deck is a, is a monument to the soldiers. I guess to the fallen soldiers. So it's very nicely done. I found it interesting in the rule book. They, they said, you know, it's, I think they said 13 or older. 10 or older. And, they, you know, they said it's because of the sensitive material. They don't really recommend it for younger people. I would have said I don't really recommend it for younger people because I have to be able to trust them on the contents of their hand. If I'm playing, I mean, this could be because my mm -hmm. only youngest person is a six-year-old. When I'm playing with a six-year-old or a younger child, I have to be able to coach them and help them and be able to recommend strategy to them. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I may as well be playing multi. If I can't play, if I can't play a single game multi-handed, then it's not going to work for this one, and it just doesn't work for this. I don't. Mm -hmm. They said they they recommend it for older people because of the the grim subject matter. Uh, I didn't find it so sad. That's strange. I mean, the art, the art is cartoony. It looks like it's in out of a Sunday morning car, uh, Sunday morning comic mm -hmm. strip. That's what the art looks like. There's no grim gore or death or people. I mean, you know, cry havoc. I think you know has <laughs> death in it. You know, you open up Warhammer Quest and you're talking about people being thrown a catapult over the walls. This uh, is yeah. an interesting perspective. I think what may be what may be cause of that is the designers of the game have a personal connection, to my understanding, with the subject matter. For them, you know, they have That's relations true. who went through it. So it could be to them it's highly emotional, and it could be that to them it brings up things like, you know what, for me this hits hard, and I don't want to do this to my kids. But they may not realize, for everyone else, it doesn't have that same hard hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did try and play it with my kids. My my son is eight, my daughter's eleven. They didn't have any trouble with it. The concepts were fine. They were not interested in the game. <laughs> um, Why not? And, and I don't. My daughter, they just weren't in the mood that day. I think my son would have enjoyed it more. My daughter, not so much. I told him, you know, try it with me, just because I want to play this game three-handed. Just let's just see what it's like. And they just did not want to help out. Did not interest them. Um, so I think they they deliberately did stuff to lose. In the multiplayer game, at the end of a mission, whoever is the star player for the next mission decides how many cards you're going to draw. And so, like, they would deliberately draw a lot of cards into the hand. So suddenly we would have a, a huge hand, and, and that just made the, the game go much uh, quicker and end in failure. <laughs> and, you know, they didn't care. They just wanted to lose and finish. <laughs> no Listen, fun. you feed them, you keep them in your home, they should play games with you when you say. Yeah. All I ask is they, they, they struggle in a trench warfare with me for a couple hours. Is that too much to ask? Really? <laughs> but yeah, it's a neat game. I love how the the morale deck works. That As you play the game, you, you lose your morale. And if you run out of morale, 
you've lost. And thematically, it's well done. Do you feel like it's missing anything moving away from multiplayer to solitaire? So I've only played that one multiplayer game with my kids, so no. <laughs> oh, so you're saying you haven't played it a bunch multiplayer, and so for you it's hard to really compare the difference. Yeah, that's right. I do not personally own a copy of the of Gr- the Grizzled. I know that it's popular, at least it was popular around my gaming group, and I did like it a lot. That, but I'm I'm a I'm a multi gamer. I'd like social I'd like uh, social games with the players, and I also like solitaire games without people. I very much like both. So this seems to me to be one that requires sort of that social aspect of not knowing and trusting other people's logic and ideas and then having to interact and deal with it. How many times do you draw off the deck on your turn? In the solitaire, In solitaire? game? Each time you play a card, you can then draw another card. So your hand is sitting at three cards until you choose to no, no longer draw. And then it starts depleting. Mm. I don't know. I have to. I feel like I should really borrow it to compare between, for mm-hmm. myself at least, the multiplayer versus the solitaire. But I'd be interested to hear whether or not that extra uh, dimension ties in, especially with that voting at the end. I, you know, they sort of just randomized it, but you have to sort of sync up with the other players and figure out, you know what is it that we're all thinking without really spelling it out to the other players? Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, the that, that that voting at the end is almost random, isn't it? Because when you the way you vote is everybody gives a token to somebody, doesn't it? The, the token moves. It leaves you. Well, yes, you do play a token. You do play a token, and then it goes over to them. But before you play a token, let's say the very first round – everyone has to be thinking of someone that needs the support. Mm-hmm. And if everyone's on the same brainwave space, then that support will actually happen to biggest benefit. Yep. But if people are all thinking uh, different ways, it won't come out working out as well, or it simply won't come out. It'll come out a tie. Yeah. But, but once you've passed that first round, cause you only had three tokens to begin with. So after that first mission, you're now left with two and, you everybody has a left and a right and a random one. Well, one person has more, but everybody else. Let's say in a four-player game, a five-player game, you know, four of the people are now down their, their last two tokens, and you don't know if they they have what they have because you started with three and there's only two directions, so there's only one random. It, so it's almost random. It's it may not, as well be a die roll in a way. It's not almost random. There still is a fair amount of control and, it, and okay. thought process in it. When I've been playing it, I've never thought that it's completely random. I've just thought that, you know. When it comes around to the end, we're all like, well, why didn't you do this? You're like, uh, oops. Nobody ever, <laughs> when when something doesn't go right, the feeling is always oops, as opposed to I had no control. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I find it really hard to, to play games. You're sort of trying to figure out what the other persons are going to do. Whenever, whenever it's an issue, I lose, guaranteed. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing it's a short game because I couldn't imagine it being too much longer because yeah. of that. Yep, that's true. But so the the other thing that the solitaire card draw thing does is it makes it a push your luck game, right? Because you know right now that I have these cards and I know exactly what I can do. Do I draw another card blindly and suddenly you know 
I'm pushing my luck. It may draw a great card. It may draw a bad card. Even a multiplayer, it's still a push your luck game. You're still trying to push to get as much as you can out. But every time you play a card, I may end up messing up the whole thing and causing us all to fail mm-hmm. because I've hung out longer than I should have. Does it feel like a push your luck thing though? Because it's a group once... push your luck thing, but yeah. no, because it's a group okay. push your luck thing, it usually feels like an inability to read each other's minds. And if I, okay. whenever I've played it multiplayer, I felt like if I could see everyone's cards, we would breeze through this without a problem. Mm-mm-kay. Which is why this is a game that I enforce table talk rules. But for instance, with Arkham Horror, I do not enforce table talk rules. I let people talk freely about strategy because for me, that's a game that doesn't live or die on its table talk rules. And it's not a game that has to be made more difficult because of the table talk rules. It's difficult enough as is. It requires strategy to beat as is, <laughs> especially if you're playing solitaire. But the bare fact that you can play it solitaire with zero changes shows that it's not about the table talk rules. But here for this game, it is the table talk rules yep. that give it the difficulty. It's the, it's the secret and hidden information that gives it the difficulty. Yep. Well, and so this, the solitaire game changes from, from a, the table talk to more of a push your luck kind of game, I think. I hear that. So it does have a different feel. Which, if you're not feeling social, is just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it still it still achieves that same idea of how far do you want to push. Mm-hmm. It's also I think I mentioned the component quality is fantastic in this game. Yeah. All the counters are nice, thick counters. They're just satisfying to hold. Pretty card art. They the, look nice. Yeah. The only problem I would have with the components is the font used. There's a number of cards which are these um, injury mm-hmm. type things. The hard knock. The hard knock cards. And yep. the font that they used on it is really hard to read. Because everyone's working together, everyone should be able to know what everyone else's hard knocks are. But the font that they used on it is a really flowery font. It's really difficult to read, especially from across the table and you're playing someone else. I understand you've never played multiplayer, but I play multiplayer and bigger card sets when everyone's all around the table. You cannot read someone who's all the way on the other corner. It's impossible to read it it's really a bad choice for 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 font on a card art especially when you have to be reading it upside down and i really wish they had picked a less flowery font mm-hmm. yeah i've heard other people say the same thing it becomes hard to read and those cards that we didn't really talk about a whole lot they they make the game so much harder mm. i think that the first mission starts you know nobody's got any hard knocks out the first mission tends to be pretty simple it's like oh this is a great easy game and then as soon as those start coming out, they really make things much more difficult. Um, some of them, for example, have one of those six icons on them. Um, the card may have a gas mask. That's a permanent gas mask that is now on the table, which means you can only play one more gas mask card right. before you have too many. So <laughs> that, that makes it harder. Some of them say you cannot retreat if you have two or more cards in your hand. So you, you look at your hand and you say, as soon as I play this one, it's a failure, but I have to play it because I can't retreat. I'm just not allowed to retreat. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they make the game frustrating. and Not, not a bad frustrating, a good frustrating, knowing that the mission's going to fail, but you have to do what you have to do. You're kind of hoping nobody else plays the wrong card, I imagine, that messes you up. And, and then once you finish a mission, hopefully somebody, the right person gets healed and you get rid of some of these hard knocks. Yep. 
That's that's true in the solitaire game too. Anyway, so it what's becomes, your rating for it? <laughs> do you have a rating for it? Do you re- uh, do you yeah. recommend it for solitaire play? Yes, I do. I recommend okay. it for solitaire play. Yeah, I'd say buy the base game. See if you like it. It's not that much. I think it's twenty five bucks for the solitaire game for the game. And I also, I mean, I don't have very much of the solitaire game, but I would also recommend it as a lighter game for multiplayer. You know, mm-hmm. I. I have a wish about the graphic design, but I think it's actually a pretty good game. Uh, as long as you're willing to enforce the table talk, it's really good. I've had some people who are like, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with this table talk. I mean, just not, I'm going to tell everyone everything <laughs> and then it's no fun. So as long as they're willing to enforce mm-hmm. and play by the rules, it's a, it's a fun game. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, it's so, such a nice looking game. It's worth almost owning it for the art. It's a, it's a work of art in a way. Yeah, it's just so pretty. Open, every time I open the box and look at it, it's like, wow, this is just it's great. Don't need to play it. You can look at it, put it back, and I'm happy. So yeah, I I, I recommend this. Even though it's missing something, Albert? Well, before, before it misses anything, though, Julius, this is a war game. It's not a war game. <laughs> it's, so, so it's a game where you're in the trenches in France... Presumably, or somewhere else, right? Fighting in the trenches, Albert, badly Albert, going on missions. Albert, <laughs> Albert, yeah, I'm, I'm editing this week. This is just going to get cut. Don't cut this. This is so important. It's a war game. So, you don't think it's a war game? So, <laughs> I hear that the game is missing something, and it's probably missing <laughs> Albert's agreement Discussion. that it's not a war game. It's missing discussion on its war gaminess is what it's missing. <laughs> <laughs> but it may be missing something else. Anyway, so mm-hmm. as with every time, trying to really cut off Albert from this line of conversation, <laughs> as with every time, once we've reviewed a game, we also go ahead and try and discuss, well, what could it possibly be missing? Uh, we've taken word submissions from all of our loyal listeners, who we continue to thank more words as they continue to come on in. And we're still running through our backlog of words now. We, we got a fair amount more coming in. Now we have a whole bunch again. So let's try and grab mm-hmm. for some of these more recent ones. Should we look at last week's uh, what's it sure. missing? See the results of that. I actually only just posted it a few hours ago when I remembered. But we've already got 12 answers. So the, the two words were challenge coin and scary clowns. Right? <laughs> I argued for the scary clowns. You argue for the challenge coins. And I'm, of course, winning. Yes. Hands Yay. down. Challenge coins. <laughs> no, wait. What? Yeah, seven to five. Challenge coins is... Well, did I say scary coins? I mean challenge coins. Uh, did you notice... Did you listen to the episode after I posted it? Uh, not yet, no. Not yet. <laughs> Why? I added a I added a clown horn. <laughs> oh, gosh. He said, scary clowns. And I had a clown word effect and said, ah! <laughs> I was sure that was going to uh, move it in my favor. So you're saying you're trying to so cheat I, more. <laughs> I was just editing for effect. All right. You know, you're editing this one. What are the two words? So this week, Albert, you are going to be arguing for dumbbells, which is a recommendation from Lee. 
And I'm going to be arguing for Decongestance, which is a recommendation from Jason Clark. Decongestance and Dumbbells. Decongestance and Dumbbells. Huh. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. It kind of feels like this this game feels most of the time when you're playing, we're going to lose. We're both going to lose. So I think, I, I think I'm ready. You ready? Oh, well, too bad. Here I go. The game needs decongestants because just about every card art has them in the winterest of weather. There's rain, there's cloud, there's gas. I can just imagine there's snow, how horrible that is on all their sinuses. And if we could just throw out there a couple decongestants, I imagine we can cure them of all of these hard knocks and breeze through through the rest of the game. <laughs> okay, and I guess that's time. Uh, yes, and I stopped when it was time. Okay, I was even following the clock. You ready? Huh. Um, yeah. So this game doesn't need decongestions. It needs exercise. What lives morale better than than being fit, being in shape, doing exercise? Um, after a long, hard day or night of fighting in the trenches, nothing better than picking up those dumbbells and, and relieving that stress. Stop. That will get you through the war. Ha. All right. I got a response. Okay. Here we go. How many board gamers do you know who actually enjoy exercise? No exercise. <laughs> Done. Darn. I don't get a rebuttal nope. of that. Rebuttal, nope. do I? Darn. I saw these two words come up. We When we do these, this is a random selection. We randomly pick from all of them. And I saw these two words come up, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to win this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I just had a flash of insight on my whole argument, and it should be both of us. So, so you don't you you draw the word and you say okay the first one's for Albert yes. and then this one's mine. So you, you don't decide who nope. gets which one. I, I have <laughs> I go to random.org and we have the whole list right. on a spreadsheet and I go the first one is this one and it comes up and it's whoever that is. Um and then uh yeah. We just That's do it fine. twice. So these were the two words that came up and as soon as they come up I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to argue Deacon Justin any better than Dumbo. <laughs> but, you know, you made it easier. Once I heard your argument, it was easier for me. You should have let me go on first. Nope. Nope. I had a plan. I won <laughs> I last time. With... That means I get to pick to go first. <laughs> and I'm going to win this time, too, Albert. Your defeat right, is we shall coming. See. 2017 yep. is going to be the year that I shall <laughs> reign. Yeah, because 2016 was a year of wargaming. What a wargame to end the year on, huh? <laughs> Good night, Albert. <laughs> Good night. And uh, see everybody next year. Yep. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening. Dice roll, dice roll, dice roll. Do 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 do.